Welcome, BWF Nation. Thanks again for joining us this week as we take a trip down memory lane. As we deep dive into the epic storyline and battles of Shane McMahon and Kane. If you haven't already, head over to our Facebook at BWF Wrestling Podcast and give us a like. Subscribe to us on whichever platform you are using to tune in. Visit BWFpodcast.com. We are currently number 32 across Canada for wrestling, and the BWF Nation has spread across 12 different states, including Waukesha, Wisconsin. (laughs) And of course, across the pond in England, Scotland, and now Northern Ireland. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, G. Patrick Condon. My friend, how are you this week? Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Nation, for the applause. Thank you. Mr. Aaron Bishop for the introduction. And yes, I mean, uh, you almost said it so quickly that the people wouldn't have heard. We have an official website, bwfpodcast.com. And all of those things that Aaron was just telling you, like go to Facebook and, you know, wherever, wherever, you can find all that stuff and you can email us. And I've hidden a naked picture of Aaron Bishop on this website, all at bwfpodcast.com. Can't miss. No. I'm not going to say where the naked picture is or how I got it. Aaron, how's your week? <laughs> Mine was great. I had a great week at work. I'm house-sitting now for a friend who's uh, in Nova Scotia. So it's a little little vacation time, I guess, a little me time. Things are going great. How are you? good you got to take care of yourself you know if you're not going to take care of yourself you can't take care of the ones that you love that's right that's right nation big big applause my week head is ups and downs k-rock forced me into having a rematch on live radio on their uh on their morning show this past week and i mean the uh deck was certainly stacked against yours truly here um they brought in I think everybody from the town of Holyrood, on top of that, the people of K-Rock definitely were not uh, looking for me to uh, to retain. So I think they did something to uh, make the, the squid rings extra dry and it wasn't pretty, but uh, you know, and, I, and then they threw me on air right afterwards and I was emotional and I was just not sounding myself. Anybody that heard that clip, they would be like, that doesn't sound like Patrick. I've never heard him sound like this. It is sort of the equivalency of when Joe Rogan would talk to a UFC guy after he got knocked out and the guy would just be babbling. That's sort of where it's at. And so I said a lot of things that I didn't mean to say. I apologize to a lot of people that didn't deserve it. And let's just say it ain't over until the town of Holyrood is wiped off the map. Oh my goodness. So are you telling me that... Let me get my applause, please, Bish. From the nation. All right, sorry, go ahead. You had a question. Are you telling me that this little skinny guy, this little person that was the size of a pipe cleaner, beat you? I, uh, I will... I can't say much more because we both signed NDAs, non-disclosures. Oh, I see. Okay. At my request, but so I can't really talk much more about it. But he took my trophy. We'll just say that I don't have that trophy anymore. And he took your trophy. Oh my god! 
I, I'm not done yet. I'm looking into how one becomes a super citizen of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but they give it, the, it's like the highest honor that the Newfoundland government can bestow upon people. I think it's the first order. I want to become, I want to get an order of Newfoundland and Labrador. So I'm looking into how that happens. I'm talking to people that got it before. And I think that based off of the courage I showed in the original competition and the humbleness I exuded in the rematch in which it was the world against me, and also the bravery I showed on the day the world came to town in Gander, maybe I deserve to have the Order of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we're looking into that. I'll, I'll let you uh, know about that as, as it develops. Did you actually help on 9-11? What did you do? I'm not one to really talk about that. Uh, Aaron, no, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't like, yeah. If you do a good deed, this is what I always said. If you do a good deed, the good deed is reward enough and you don't talk about it. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Well, sounds like your week was up and down. But right now, we're going to move on to the mailbag, and we're going to turn that frown upside down. This is going to be a great episode. Everybody, BWF Nation, this is going to be one for the ages. I do love the mailbag segment. I'm loving it now that we're getting so much in. We're getting letters from all over the world. Aaron, do you want to start us off? Sure. This one comes from John King, and he writes, Hey guys, big fan of the podcast. I'm mm -hmm. uh, just wondering what some of your favorite theme songs are. So, of course, in Bishop fashion, I'm going to ask you, Condon, your Mount Rushmore of theme songs. Oh, it's Mount Rushmore. Or you can just fuck it. Name, just name some of your favorite theme songs. Who cares? <laughs> no, no, let's keep the Mount Rushmore gimmick going. Um, right. So... NWO is one that always gets me and it's just so cool and it's amazing that a cheesy guy like Jimmy Hart who by all other accounts in like I mean even you know it's as iconic as it is boy toy or sexy boy or whatever it's still fairly cheesy like NWO is cool porno music I don't know how Jimmy Hart came up with that so that is an easy one if i was ever to be a wrestler or get my own theme music i think it would have to be nwo i never like, realized that, that jimmy hart uh, made the nwo theme music oh yes sir yes sir wow. yep so why don't you tell me one i got a couple more up my sleeve my first original thoughts my matt rushmore on this would be demolition bret hart's first one the hart foundation Oh, with the diddle oh no, that was about to do Owen, but not the one with the guitar thing at the beginning. Right, but but the original like hard like Yeah, no. I mean Bret Hart's music in the old Royal Rumble for Sega Genesis games was pretty much the exact same as it was in real life. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, another one that I really used to like was Mr. Perfect. Yep, that's awesome. And of course, Jake the Snake's first one is his face. Oh yeah, yeah. Love that's Jake's a really fucking good one. one. Yeah. Who else? I'm trying not to sort of be basic about it all. Fabulous Rougeos, Coco Beware, 
you know, yeah. slick. All these guys, they all yeah, have good you like all the eighties stuff, hey? Yeah. Real American yeah. is a really good song too, actually. It is actually, yeah. <laughs> I loved Undisputed Era's theme, which was very NWO like. And I love Roman Reigns' new music. I think that that's really good. Um, I liked Finn Balor's. I also liked, and I think I played it on this show once for you to try, I guess, Alundra Blaze had a really good song. I liked uh, Lex Luger's one after he got rid of the Stars and Stripes. The dun 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 Death Carrots. 1999 music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you love that one, right? Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Now, but there is one, and I only ever heard this, and I don't. Th I think they made it up for the game, but Luna Vachon was in the Sega Genesis Raw game back in 94, 95. And right. I, maybe she didn't have theme music at this time, so they made a theme song for her that I have never been able to find the real version of it. Um, I'm just going to bring it up here now. But, yeah, so they have it for the Raw Oh, yeah, I remember that. Periodically, I'll look around to see if, if there's an actual version of this. And they pretty much have all theme music documented now, but I've never been able to find the real version of this. Anyways, I guess if anybody in the nation there knows any different than me, hook me up because I want to hear what it sounds like. Although at this point, I you know, since a little kid I've been building this up, I don't think the real song could... Uh, could live up to it but check it out now it goes to this other change you ready anyways thank you for asking that one aaron that was those are mine next question do you well, have hold one? on now i got a couple of questions of my own yeah they're aaron and pat my favorite match of all time is Rock and Cena, once-in-a-lifetime match. Growing up, Cena was my guy, and I didn't see much of The Rock, but of course, knew who he was and wanted him to get his ass kicked. Looking back, the year-long build to the match is my favorite of all time. Maybe we should cover it sometime. I, I don't think I know that one, actually. Like, I know the sort of the broad strokes. Anyways, he continues. Do you think there is a match that can happen now that would have the same meaning and impact in terms of star power of a superstar from the past coming back and putting over the already established current superstar. Don't say rock Roman. That's too easy. Love you guys. Grant. Thank you, Grant. He sent his question into BWF podcasts at gmail.com. Go ahead, Aaron. Short answer is no, there wow. really, the problem really? isn't honestly, um, not, not in my mind. Not with the current rosters, the way they're structured. What about the Rock and Randy Orton? Greatest of all time. Or yeah, that would, time. yeah, that would make, that makes sense. Yeah, because they're third generation. Yeah, but I mean, Orton again, like, even more so than Punk. Like, if Orton, they don't even know if Orton's coming back anymore. And if he, so if he does, it's going to be like real, real light schedule, I guess. But Rock, I don't know this guy said not to say it. Rock and and uh, Roman Reigns obviously would be one, too. That's yeah. sort of the gimme. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else. I don't think there's anything in um, 
in AEW. All right. Good <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you how bad the, the current climate is at the wrestling industry, man. Like there's just nobody that, you know, there's no match that could live up to that kind of hype and expectation and build again. It, no, well, think, no. Well, and I think it's because of two reasons. One, everybody that's ever gone away for a period of time has already come back now. So there isn't anybody that's been cooled off enough, like legendary status, that if they brought him back, that would be even in the vicinity of um, The Rock. And then WWE, they do have two guys that could fall into the Cena category, and it's Roman Reigns and I think Cody Rhodes. Um, yeah, now, now it's Cody, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Roman, I don't know if there's anybody besides the rock that would be interesting with Roman. You, did you say stone cold and Roman? No, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, it doesn't make any sense. No. So is there a stone cold? Ooh, that's an interesting one. I don't think it's really like once in a lifetime, but that is a good money match. I think that's what set everything off with stone cold i mean he never really recovered from bailing on that match in the king of the ring qualifier i mean they do have real life heat from that or they they could you know build on that as a storyline point sure. yeah okay. and you know what i bet you brock would put him over uh, or do something he would do something interesting because i love i've said it before brock lesnar's matches are always so off the wall and and unpredictable that who knows what would happen with that because you'd think well i don't know i mean who would you have in that match go over yeah oh jeez. you would think fuck yeah i don't know man <laughs> my original thought is stone cold and it's like well no maybe he's gotta be lesnar but uh, yeah i don't i don't know i, I don't know I, either because my initial uh, thing was it's got to be lesnar <laughs> so <laughs> so there you go all right final answer to stone cold versus brock lesnar there you go. We did it. We did it together, Aaron. <laughs> this one comes from me <laughs> to you. Okay. Just this little personal question to get, you know, just let our BWF Nation fans get us to know a little bit better, a little, a little more personal, sure. a little, you know, lighthearted question. Um, who are your some of your favorite sitcom characters of all time? Mm, spicy question. I'm not going to include Simpsons characters. I'm going to go with live action. And so I got two. One is, I think that they're both kind of interesting. One is Jerry Seinfeld from Seinfeld. Wow. Um, okay. I think he's the best in that cast. He's aged, like his stuff from that show has aged the best. Everybody kind of goes through their Kramer thing, but Kramer's kind of tainted now. And then George Costanza is also, I had a period where George was my guy, but the last time I watched the show, it was definitely Jerry. Jerry was always said to have been the worst actor on there, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but whatever approach he was doing was hilarious and a really good leading guy on a network sitcom. So that's one. Number two is Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You took one of mine, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah? Now, this one, I wasn't a real big Dennis Reynolds fan for the first little bit. I think, you know, Danny DeVito was really good and uh, and Charlie. But, like, 
when they started leaning into his possibly being like a psychopath, well, he's definitely a psychopath, but possibly being a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Just like so funny. And and it's just like facial expressions and line deliveries and stuff like that. It's just, I will go back and watch highlights. I haven't watched any of the real newer stuff of It's Always Sunny for no particular reason, just haven't gotten around to it. Who has the time? But like, I'll go and watch the highlights from the first 12 13 seasons it's been on forever and his stuff is always like so good the implication line is really good i find myself using that a whole lot in casual conversation and yeah just little things like he he always busts out into a really serious singing the you know the cock piece that he wears when he's doing the day man night man stuff he's really good he's really good and glenn howerton was in a Canadian movie from this year called Blackberry, where he plays Jim Baselli, the guy from who was, you know, the face of Blackberry tried to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so he's uh, he's one of us. He's a bald guy in the movie and really, really good in that by far the best. And like very Daniel, Dennis Reynolds, like psychotic screaming the whole time. Highly recommend. Nice. Aaron, what do nice. you got? I have number one. Al Bundy. Really? Wow. Okay. Classic. <laughs> Very controversial for his time. Very controversial, but man, Al Bundy, what what a man. What a man. What that that show is so funny. Mary the Children. That's a great show. Um, another one is Michael Scott from The Office. Oh, from The Office, yes. Classic, classic, classic. Just makes you cringe every single scene that he's in. Yeah. <laughs> Mod Pop, who was a very stern man, loved Al Bundy, like, and loved Married with Children. And it was very strange for all of us how much he identified with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, never saw him really, like, have a laugh, but he loved Al Bundy. It's so weird that he has, like, Peg, who is hot by all accounts. And the gimmick is he doesn't want to have sex with her. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so, uh, it's, and they never really explain it. It's just like he's dragging his heels every time, you know? And she's yeah. all about it. It's so, uh, it's so uh, funny. Yeah. And then the, the club dad that he owns, uh, no ma'am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Does that show even run like reruns these days? Because yeah. I mean, it was very, very controversial. A lot of like women's groups and parental groups and stuff did not like that show. It put Fox on the map, but you know, very controversial even for back in the nineties when people were you know a lot looser than they are today. I can't imagine that. Like the way that he treated Marcy, the next door neighbor. And, oh my god that's some of the best stuff though <laughs> yeah look i agree it's hilarious it's hilarious yeah and they you know give it back and forth to each other pretty good but i mean he is just straight up straight up you know mocks her for being flat chested calls her a man blah 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 blah. yeah where's yeah. that gonna play these days nowhere but i'm glad that i got to live it in my childhood anyway <laughs> yeah yeah did your parents watch it at all my mom hated oh yeah it. oh yeah oh yeah your parents watched it well my, my dad did me and my dad watched it mom yeah. didn't watch it <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of women uh, would tolerate it. Cool. Well, there you go. Now we learned a little bit more about each other. Aw. I know. I thought I had that. I thought I had that sound. All right. Moving along. Is that it? Is that the end of the mailbag? No, it's not. Oh, we have more. I got one more. Yeah, that's right. I guess you're done. You you named your two that you like? Yeah. All right. Last question. Sent in to us through our website, actually, bwfpodcast.com. Right at the bottom there is a little box for you. You can just type it in, and boom, it comes right directly to us. Letter goes, boys, I was looking up the wrestlers who have wrestled the most matches, and to no surprise, Ric Flair tops this list. I was looking up this information after my new girlfriend and I had the talk where we told each other our number of sexual partners. I hadn't had many, but my girlfriend blew me away. She could tell I was shocked and maybe even a little disgusted by the amount of men she slept with. She put it in wrestling terms for me and said, don't you think the wrestler who has wrestled the most matches ever is a really good wrestler? And she has a point, but I'm still bothered. Do you think the amount of people your girlfriend has nailed should matter? That's one of many questions this guy has, so let's take it one at a time. Aaron, does the amount of men a woman had sexual relations with matter? No, it does not matter. All right. Aaron is lying again. <laughs> what do you mean I'm lying? <laughs> I think that you would. Okay, well, anyways, we'll continue on. So you don't say that they matter. Did you ever end a relationship due to a high number from a girl? No. Would you not go out with a girl? Like, would you hook up with a girl but not date them based on the amount of sexual partners they have? No. Yeah, okay. Because I have 35 sexual partners in my life, so I know what it's, what it's like. <laughs> Hold on now. You have the number? It's at 35? 35, yeah. And I wouldn't want anybody judging me for the number of people I slept with, and it's, it's, it's up there. Do you think that's um, a high number? I would. I think it's a pretty good number. It's, it's probably not Matt Baker numbers, but, you know. Wow, wow. <laughs> Naming people. We're going to have to beep that one out. <laughs> you'll actually hear that <laughs> you listen to the show oh my god how much does matt baker have a lot <laughs> how do you know this does he talk about it a lot he used to back in the day man like he was i don't know that, that was his matt's reputation man he banged a lot of chicks in your opinion do you think it's because his standards were not very high it's it's probably a small combination of that along with some natural charm. Okay, that's nice. You turned that one around. So, and you got 35. So, and then the question goes on, how many have your partners had before you? So I guess, Susan, for you, do you know how, what Susan's number is? Yeah, she had two or three. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say three, yeah. What? Yeah. That's almost virginal that's crazy now you're celebrating i'm raising the roof, raising the roof here guys <laughs> you're, you're celebrating but yet you said it doesn't matter 
It's right. It doesn't matter, Bob. Uh, mixed messages. Mixed messages. And so what did she think of your number? Oh, she <laughs> it took her back a little bit. Um, I had to, I had to prepare her, but <laughs> mm. does she know about all your exploits? No. No, I bet not. Do you think that because ladies and gentlemen, Aaron has had a lot of exploits. I've had a lot of exploits, yes. Detailed a little bit here and there on the show. We haven't even really scratched the surface. And I guess Susan hasn't either. Maybe we can get into it someday because Susan doesn't listen to the show. So good. (laughs) Well, yes, we'll go down that road, I guess. So she doesn't know. And now, do you think that if she did know some of these stories, would she have still married you? Maybe. Oh yeah. man. Yes, yes, I, I think she would have. I think she would have. You know what we should do? We should bring Susan on the show as you tell her oh, oh my some God. of the things. Maybe if maybe we can work this into a trivia situation that if you get so many wrong or if you don't get to a thing, you've got to bring Susan onto the show and we watch the audience, the BWF Nation watches as you confess some of your exploits that you never said to her before will you do that oh my god all right all right i agree i agree (laughs) great well okay there we go and he ends it with please help me my relationship depends on this ryan p so ryan i think you probably got your answers there aaron says it doesn't matter uh he's never ended a relationship to a high number he his girlfriend has lied to him by saying she's only slept with three people. (laughs) And Ryan, yeah, don't go end in that relationship due to the numbers. Ladies, get out there. Get those numbers up. At least the Aaron Bishop numbers, for the love of God. All right, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. It's everybody's favorite segment. I've come a long ways with it since I've stopped having to research. It's trivia. So to bring everybody up to speed, we've been doing a trivia quest to 50 this time, and it's me against Mr. Bishop. Bishop is asking me the questions. For everyone I get right, he has to take a shot. And then for everyone I get wrong, he gets a point. And so it's March to 50 can't remember what happens when we get to 50. I think we've agreed. I know I'm supposed to get a Razor Ramon shirt. I am running away with it right now. I'm at 29 points, and Aaron's at a measly 13. And you know why? Aaron, do you know why? Because my questions are not hard enough. That's right. You underestimated me. And I've allowed this to happen through all the years that you, like a little retarded child, you pat me on the head. The man, what did you ask me? You asked me, like, who won the Royal Rumble in 1992? (laughs) How many many world title uh, title reigns has Ric Flair had? You know, like, who's Blank Cena? What's Blank Cena's first name? All right. uh, I promise this questions will be a little bit harder. Okay, we'll see about that. And I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right, question one. Here we go. How many tag team championships has Mick Foley won? Is it A, eight, 
B, seven, C, six, or D, five? WWE Tag Team Championships? Correct. I am going to say five, D, five. Incorrect. The correct answer is A, eight. Okay. Eight team championships. Yeah, I see. I didn't think that he. Oh, but I mean, it, it, the tag team championship stuff is not even really a fair question because that shit was tossed around so much. But okay. Oh, for one. Two. Question two. Yeah. How many partners? As he won the tag team championship. Are you doing this to me again? Uh, uh, who are the partners? Is that what you said? Uh, how many? A3, B4, C5, or D6? Okay. Uh, he won it with The Rock. He won it with uh, like Stone Cold, maybe. I don't And then maybe with uh, fucking uh, like Vader. Did he win with Vader? Four. I'm going to guess four. Four. Bullshit. What is it? D five. Five. All right. Now yeah. I know what the fucking next question is. What's question? Yeah, three? you know it. You know it. Yeah. You already have to name. Yeah. Okay. So I got to name four more. <clears throat> so Stone Cold and The Rock. Mm -hmm. Like during this time, uh, did he win it with Chainsaw Charlie? Yes, yeah, he did. Three, ching, Kane. You went with Kane. Yeah. Kane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. One more. No, two more, isn't it? Is it five or six? Five. Oh, right. Okay, one more. So during the Attitude Era, was this like? Yeah, it was during the Attitude Era. He shakes his head. He nods his head. Yes. Who was Mick Foley banging around with? Was it as the dude love character or as Mankind? It was as Mankind. All right. Oh, was it his uh, most hated person, Al Snow? You got it, buddy. You got it. Oh, thank you. I don't know how. How that came to me. I don't even remember that title, right? All right. Question number four. In 1997... Hmm. Who won the Slammy Award for Best Bow Tie? Is it A, Clarence Mason, B, Bob Backlund, C, Harvey Whippleman, hmm. or D, did Owen Hart steal the Slammy? Now, Owen did steal a Slammy. Are you researching that on your phone right now? No, of course not. <laughs> I see you looking down there. I'm thinking. Okay, How dare okay. you? How dare you? I've had my integrity questioned enough in the last couple of weeks, okay? I'm going to go with Owen stole the award. It was Owen, but I think you cheated on that one. Come on. Everybody knows that. That's actually a very simplistic, everybody knows question. All right. You know what? I do owe you two shots. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. My God, yes. completely forgot about that. What are we, uh, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? We are on the Jim Bean Black. Okay, so that's some real stuff now. It's real not stuff. flavored? It's not flavored, no. It's just extra aged bourbon. Mm. So. 
It's a very sophisticated sh- uh, liquor to go with the collared shirt that you're wearing today. Congratulations. Thank you. I got dressed up for my meeting at work today where I got a raise because it's my one year anniversary. But Chris decided not to do a video chat and just gave me a call instead. So I got dressed up for no reason. So I just kept the shirt on. <laughs> you did get dressed up for a reason. You got dressed up. I did. Right. Here we go. All right, here we go. All right. All right. Okay, there we go. I like that. So you're going to do two right now, are you? (laughs) That is extra aged. (laughs) Great. You know, I'm going to put a poll up to find out if the audience is still entertained by <laughs> by this. <laughs> I know I am. I know I am. I go watch this. This is get the video, though. Holy fuck. This is... Wow! <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Holy fuck. That's spicy. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. No chaser, too. I love it. No chaser. All right. Ugh. Ugh. Guttural. I can't even hear it. All right, Bish. There we go. The tears are in the eyes. He's shaking his head involuntarily. Oh. (laughs) Okie dokie. All right. Question number five. Here we go. Oh, my God. Who teamed with Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, and the British Bulldog at the Survivor Series 1991? Ooh. Was it A, the Big Boss Man, B, Virgil, C, the Texas Tornado, or D, Tito Santana? Man. El Matador. That is a good question. All right, so who did you say was on the team? Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, and the British Bulldog. And on the opposite team was Ric Flair, and you can't think of anybody else. So initially, I would have thought that it was, um, for some reason, I thought that it was Virgil. But I figured if it was Virgil, you wouldn't tell me who they fought against because it would have been the Million Dollar Man. So it's between Virgil and the Texas Tornado for me. The Mountie and the Warlord are two other participants on the other team. And Ric Flair. And Ric Flair and somebody else. Okay, I'm going to guess Virgil then because it's probably the Million Dollar Man. You don't want to say it. That's right. You're right. Yeah. See, I know how to use deduction, baby. Oh, goddamn deduction. Yeah. Good job, though. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. All right. I gotta listen back to the show sometime because I gotta hear how this plays out if it's as funny as it is for me to watch. Where are we at? We're at six? Yes, sir. Okay. Question number six. Who did the Steiners? Rick and Scott defeat at SummerSlam 1993 to retain their tag team 
championships? Is it A, the heavenly bodies? Is B, the head shrinkers? C, Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS? Or D, the one, two, three kid and Marty Janetti? I think I'm going to say the heavenly bodies. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I, I was, that. well, I thought that it was going to be the Beverly brothers. I know that there was a, um, how did I know that? Well, Cornette was, was banging around at that point, And, and that's why Tom Pritchard, who is with uh, Smoky Mountain at that time, got a push it had something to do with that and the gigolo jimmy del rey as well who was a fantastic greasy wrestler i i knew that they were connected with Cornette, and that as a, that it was either them or the beverly brothers do you remember the beverly brothers oh, yeah great theme music as well oh yeah <laughs> i barely remember them but so i think maybe the beverly brothers had a tag match at the survivor series that year right yeah and it was like and it sucked it, it killed because nobody gave a shit about Smoky Mountain because I always thought that Smoky Mountain sucked. Apparently, I wasn't alone in that. How about you? I like the gangsters. Dirty white boy angle. I might look into that one day. Jake Robertson, dirty white boy. That sounds like it would be it could be okay. But mm. um, besides the part of the, the stuff like Kane. Uh, cutting his teeth into the business as the Unabomber down there. I mean, they did have some really good talent roll through, and they did some some wacky storylines and stuff like that. But um, it was just, I don't know, just too fake. I don't know. It was um, it was too cheesy. Like Jim cheesy. Cornette, yes, cheesy. He has he has a great wrestling mind, but he's not hip, you know. And that the only thing cool that came out of Smoky Mountain was was the gangsters gimmick and i don't know how much paul had to or paul cornet had to do with it but the new jack stuff was awesome if we're going to do something with smoky mountain that would be what we should do <laughs> bottoms up bottoms up buddy i think i think you overpower your microphone with that gargling because you hear a couple of gugglas and then it's silent. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. I don't know this if that face is because of the booze or because... Both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a real sour puss. All right. Was this seven? Question number seven. Yes, sir. How many times has Goldust won the Intercontinental mm. Championship? No multiple choice. No, no. All right, so he beat Razor for it, and um, and then it was the Attitude Era. I mean, there's really no way for me to even really hazard a guess. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four. Nah, I didn't think so. Correct answer is three. Hmm. Yeah. Did, yeah, I don't even I don't even know. I don't even want to get into it really. <laughs> I know that he beat Razor and then then he had it for a bit and I think he lost it to Ahmed Johnson maybe. 
He did, yeah. And maybe traded it back with him. And then, like, I mean, in the Attitude Era... He did Godfather for it in 99. Oh, my God. See? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. These belt championship questions are going to be the death of me. All right. That was your 15th question, correct? Or point. Point. Go ahead, please. Okay. Question number eight. Who lasted longer? Me or your mother? (laughs) 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 Who lasted longer? A, Bob Backlund in the Royal Rumble 1993. Mm -hmm. Or B, Ric Flair in the Royal Rumble 1992. Wow. You know what? I mean, this is a good question. And it's a psychological one because obviously people, so this is what I'm thinking right now is that obviously you'd be inclined to think that it's flair, but then why would you bring up Bob Backlund? But of course you would know that I would question that. So maybe it really is Ric Flair and I would overthink it as I'm doing now. And that's what you anticipated. (sighs) Bishop, but your fatal flaw, Bishop, is that I know when you're giving me the right answer out of two, because you have a tell, and because of that, I am going to guess that Bob Backlund is the correct answer. Yeah! Thank you. I have a tell! What do you mean? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me about my tell? Absolutely not. Got me out of a many a jam. God damn it. And so what are the numbers? Do you have them handy to you? I do, actually. Ric Flair lasted one hour and two seconds, while Bob Backlund lasted one hour one minute and 10 seconds. Mm, nice. So, yeah. Considerably. Yep, go ahead. Okay. That's good, yeah. It's uh, Whatever you're doing that time came through. Here we go. <laughs> Question number nine. Mm-hmm. What was the tournament final for the wrestling classic? Okay, well, you're, you're about to make me look like an ass. What is the wrestling classic? I don't even know what that is. The wrestling classic was the very first ever WWF pay-per-view, and they held a tournament. In that tournament included Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. What year? 1985. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never heard of this. We should do this uh, pay-per-view. Um, I'll give you one of the guys. Hold on Macho Man. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say Harley Race, but he wouldn't have been there in 85. Oh, man. I, um, okay. Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll do. I'll give it a guess though. So 80, 85, um, Macho Man was heel at the time. Yeah, he was heel. 
so and it wouldn't be Ricky Steamboat because why would you tell me that but maybe okay all right I'm not gonna go further down that path I know how your mind works maybe I'll just start throwing out names and I'll use that tell to my advantage 85 hey macho man who else would have been a wrestler that could go the distance in the finals with macho man would it have been um junkyard dog you're a fucker <laughs> you're how are you you must was that have right cheated. was that right yeah you're right yeah <laughs> are you serious yeah no, you're right <laughs> All right, all right. No, Sounds no, great. really? Oh my! Uh, I can tell it's real. Yeah, his expression was legit. Okay, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I didn't even know if he was in there. Oh my god! It this, was JYD. Yeah, that's the best moment I've had on this podcast. Go for it. Woo! Yes. <laughs> wow, that was a good one. Thank you for that one. <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> yeah wow all right i don't even know what i, I use all my energy with my thinking on that all right question 10 question 10 how many royal rumble eliminations does kane have overall is it, overall okay is it a 26 b 36 C, 46, or D, 56? I think, I mean, I think it's reasonable to guess 26. I can't see him, like, but he's been in, in a lot of Royal Rumbles. I'm going to guess 36. Oh, no. He has been in a lot of Royal Rumbles. 20 to be exact, the most of all time. Yeah. And in those 20 Royal Rumbles, Kane has eliminated 46 participants. Wow. Wow. Also the most of all time. Yeah, nice. All right, so we end this week uh, with 39 points for Mr. 709. And then we have uh, 15 for Aaron, and he has taken a huge dent out of that bottle, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. I got another. We got half the show left to go. We're going back in time with the BWF Chronicles. This week, we have Kane versus Shane McMahon in what is quite arguably one of the wildest storylines that the WWE has ever put across our television sets. But this is the most recent storyline I think we've done so far. And I think it's a real kind of diamond in the rough or um, whatever metaphor you might want to say that was happening during the reign of terror and what is probably the worst, like, I mean, you know, you're coming off the Attitude Era Raw sucked, and we watched it every week, and it sucked. But there was this storyline, the Shane and Kane storyline was really good, and it was really interesting, and it went on for quite some time. It really did. This went on pretty much between WrestleMania and SummerSlam all the way to the Survivor Series. 
It really starts off before, like probably right after WrestleMania, because that's when Kane gets unmasked. Yes. And this is when we really see a different layer to the Kane character, just a different side to Kane. This here is peak Kane character. This is just some crazy shit. <laughs> it is, yeah. And it really like breathed new life into the Kane character, like you said. I mean, really who was such a monster. And then for the next number of years, kind of starting with the X Pac thing, like he really just got bitched out over and over again. And then maybe at its uh, bottom, bottom of the barrel was the Katie Vick thing that happened shortly before this, I think, right? So Kane was no longer a monster. They'd been threatening to take his mask off various times throughout the years. And even when they had teased the week before that if Kane lost this match, he was going to take it off. I remember thinking there's no way that that's happening. Yeah, and... <laughs> To our surprise, he took the mask off and he had a half-shaved head. He had some black makeup going on. It was just really, really weird. Following week, he had that hair gone and he looked like an actual, he had to, uh, contacts in his eyes and he actually looked, looked like a real, you know, scary dude. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, whose ever idea it was to just let Glenn Jacobs look like that, it was, you know, uh, as scary at least as the character's original incarnation when he came in during Bad Blood. Yeah, and this would give Kane another five or six year run on top of that. Nice. All right, so where where do we start? We are going to start right after Kane gets unmasked. He has an interview, a sit-down interview with Jim Ross. And we are going to see the beginning of this demonic monster side of Kane. July 14th. You know, you know what I see? I, I see a man that needs help. A man that needs help. Woman, help me, JR. Please help me. Kane, all, all I can say is that I know what it's like to be made fun of. I know how much it can hurt, but you just gotta say, screw it. I am who I am, and I'm not gonna let some stupid, insensitive people stop me from living my life. And I'll tell you this, King, Stone Cold, RVD, the WWE fans, they're not your enemy. They, they, they respect you, and they res they support you. And, and if I may speak for them, I don't think they give a damn what you look like. You really think so? Then you've made my decision for me. What do you mean? You say you speak for the people. Well, the people are liars! Just like my doctors, just like Stone Cold, just like RVD, just like you, JR. How stupid do you think I am? I know as soon as I walk out of here, you're gonna make fun of me and laugh your ass off at me. I tried to tell you, JR. I tried to warn you. Don't make fun of me! 
Oh. Ain't nobody out here laughing at you. We're trying to help you. So settle down. In 2003, this is, this is how peers supported each other. You stupid Please. son of a bitch. Please. You want to help me, Austin? Yes. You want to help me, JR? You want to know why I do the things that I do? The only way that you can know is by experiencing them yourself. You need to feel my pain. He knocks down JR to the ground. He's the can of gasoline. The, the red can of gasoline. Put it down, Kane. I've never seen Stone Cold so scared. Oh no. Now, I mean, he. Listen to me, Kane. You sick son of a bitch. Back off. Kane JR's the love of my life, you son of a bitch. Don't you worry. Three lights matches. There he is. Lights him on fire. I assume that's the real JR. Somebody help me. Nobody is coming in to help JR. Oh, wow. Somebody get somebody in there. Don't call. Worried. Looking on. Oh yeah, we really just watched Kane light there on fire on national television, and the result iconic. Of course, like how can we forget this? Like I'll never forget that as long as I live. But the result of this is that now Kane is on house arrest, but he's allowed to wrestle matches on Raw. Yes, and so is this where the uh, his entrance comes, where he's surrounded, he's handcuffed, and he's surrounded by guards and stuff? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's chained up. He's got the 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 Campbell Lecter fucking mask on, kind of thing. He's got guards surrounding him. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Very cool. And you know, one thing about those JR sit down interviews is that I can only remember three of them, and it's this one, the one where Triple H calls himself the game for the first time, and then of course the Mankind one, which I think was the first. Yeah, those JR sit down interviews were iconic, and they really helped establish. A different layer of the character and get the character over even more in the fans eyes so now uh, a couple of weeks later we have kane as you said is on warpath now a little video recapping everything that's been going on for the past two months starting with the unmasking coral rvd He can choke slamming Eric Bischoff off the stage through a table. Oh wow! Oh wow! He even went to he even let Stone Cold. Yep. Yep. Wow! I forgot that. I forgot Stone Cold gave him something. Put RBD through the wall. Fucking everybody up. People here being set on fire again. 
wonder what the circumstances were for them deciding to give Kane this new coat of paint and uh, sort of freshen up the character. Okay, so now we are going to see after his match with RVD, Kane do something we thought we would never see on WWE television, and that is Tombstone, Linda McMahon on the stage. Here we go. Freezing some agents. There's Arn Anderson trying to. John Laurinaitis out here. Come on, guys, do something. You're going to have to get in there. Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace, yeah, Arn Anderson. The bodies, all the referees, they're laying down. Jerry Lawler's knocked out. Got some color. Yeah, Libby McMahon is legit cut under her ear from her earring. He's picking her up. Oh, <laughs> dropped her on the head. <laughs> Laughs. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, another iconic moment. Really well done. Kudos to both of those people for pulling that off live on stage, man. Don't touch your God Almighty. Okay, so obviously something has to be done when you put your hands on the matriarch of the Vince McMahon family. Indeed, and this would spark the return of Shane McMahon, who has not been seen on WWE television since the end of the Alliance angle in really? uh, November of 2001. Wow, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so when they lost that match at the Alliance thing or whatever, right? He, he yeah. was gone since then. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he would come back, um, make a surprise appearance on Raw with the steel chair in hand and beat down Kane a few times. And then they would kind of like go their separate ways a little bit until SummerSlam because at the same time, Eric Bischoff was being really creepy and had this weird obsession with Linda McMahon. And he forced himself on her and made out with her. All kinds of shit is happening to Linda at this time. So Shane is coming to the aid of his mom. He's going to fend off Eric Bischoff first. 
while uh, Kane is feuding with RVD. They were recently a tag team. They split up, so they're they're going to finish their program. Shane's going to finish his program, and then right after SummerSlam of this year, Kane turns his sight or sorry, Shane McMahon turns his sights onto Kane, and there's a street fight, falls count anywhere match between Shane and Kane on Raw, and we are going to pick it up uh, towards the end of that match right here. And now he's assaulting Shane McMahon. I knew Shane should have never gone out there. Now we are in, in the, the parking lot or something. There's a big dumpster. Outside the arena here in Tucson. Oh, God. What is Good God almighty. We need security out there. What the hell is... Good God almighty. the hell out of Shane McMahon. Look at My God. They're... Oh, this is... This is gonna get ugly. This is this is nasty. Runner gets oh. a concrete wall. He's gonna break this kid's back. It's Kane. That's what he's got on his sick mind. That's what he wants to do. Oh my Kane, God! Kane has set Shane up. This is nothing more than a damn setup. <laughs> oh, oh you got more of those red cans of gasoline. Oh my God! There's like seven or eight cans of gasoline there. Here, uh, Jargo, don't tell me. Well, I think that's what I think that is. I'm telling you, somebody has got to <laughs> get Does he mention back. that it's the same thing that Kane used to set himself on fire? Like uh, Jay Ottomar? What is that, a dumpster? Kane is what is that, a that dumpster? That These dumpster. guys are confused by everything. In that For what? Throwing every canister of gas in there, yeah. This monster is doing. Kudos for, to JR for even being able to. cannot defend himself. To commentate over the man that set him on fire a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you would think he had some PTSD. Don't do that. Fought through it. In a Zippo. Oh, please don't do that. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, for God's sake. For the love of God, tell me this don't is not going to happen. No, he can't do that. This he cannot will not do that. Will someone please get out? So, blazing fire. He's picking up Shane. Still telling people to feel his pain. Someone please help this kid. We got him. Oh, 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 nice. Nice. Oh, I misread what was going on. Wow, that surprised me. So Shane McMahon actually reversed a maneuver from Kane and kicked Kane into the burning dumpster fire. And then he, and then he says, after he has pretty much murdered a guy, he says to him on television, burn in hell, you son of a bitch. Do you think he gets away with that crime? I mean, if, if, if Kane has to be on house arrest for burning a man alive shouldn't shane also feel the same kind of repercussions self-defense right okay anyways so we move on from there i mean where do you go from setting a man you set a man on fire and then that man gets kicked into a dumpster full of fire what's next gotta be it 
You would think that would be it, but Kane emerges unscarred, unscathed. Yes. Yeah. But he is pissed off. <laughs> and we're about to witness one of the craziest things on WWE television. I think right behind the snake bite that we've seen on Macho Man a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. We're going to see something here that is just bizarre. We are going to see Kane. Well, hold on. Hold on. Okay, now. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah I won't spoil it. Just, just right. stay tuned. Now he's got Shane in handcuffs. From uh, September 1st, Bob, 2003. He's got his, uh, he, Kane has got Shane's arms. He got hit in the head with those steel steps, and now he's handcuffed. Oh, wow. Handcuffed around the ring post so that his arms are above his head. The minute Kane has in mind, come on, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a plant. He's got those 400 pound steel steps. They're hitting him. They're hitting him. They're hitting him. They're hitting him. They're hitting He's got some jumper cables. Oh my god, those are jumper cables. Look at this hideous freak of a human being. And I, that's a he's not a human being. A battery. He's got a battery, JR. What is what the hell is King thinking? Oh, he's got I'm looking at King's arm. He's got some burns on his arm from being pushed. Oh, he's got some oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I can understand why he's upset. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's got the uh, got the clamps on Shane's testicles. One on each testicle, one would imagine. Yeah, one clamp on each testicle. Oh my God. And he's going the other clamps and hooking him up to the car battery. Sparks. This is hideous. This is cruel. And you met the pain's got to be exclusive. Oh, Who comes to Sheen's aid? Stone Cold? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and why Rob is doing his gloating as Shane is still crying out for help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, handcuffed to the post. My God. All right. All right. So now, what happens? I mean, the man has uh, electrocuted Shane's. This monster, I should say, has electrocuted Shane's testicles. On live TV, where do you go from here? Next, we have a match between Kane and Shane at Unforgiven, a last man standing match. And we're going to skip to the end here where Shane is climbing what seems to be 
fuck like a 40 or 50 foot high um set piece. scaffolding yeah yeah, um, yeah apparatus so, yeah back when so they used to have those things for the yeah for the so this is kind of shane's deal right he always does some kind of crazy stuff some sort of daredevil stunt yeah exactly and like he's legit like 40 50 feet in the air here maybe even more Man, yeah, he's probably 50 or 60 feet, seriously. And Shane is a millionaire. There's no yeah. reason to be doing this. Oh, and he moves. Shane <laughs> moves last second. Yeah, Shane jumps off the 60-foot scaffold, misses. Ass first. Ass first, yeah. And crashes through the roof. So, is this the end of the match? Is this the finish? No. This will be the finish here, yeah. So, essentially, Shane, this isn't the end of the feud then, because Shane... Not the end of the feud, no. ...for himself, right? Like, Kane never beat him. Shane beat himself. Kane beat himself, exactly. So, we'll pick it up the next night on Raw. Shane McMahon is in the hospital. Yeah, classic trope. Uh... But to answer your question, physically, I'm pretty banged up. I love that they test on me. that the hospitals allow them to have a live feed all the time but for the WWF programming. Released <laughs> right. Mentally, I've never been better. Kane was the last man standing last night, but not for long. It's so like I said in the past, as long as I'm breathing in and out, I'm going to be all up in Kane's face. <laughs> and as soon as I get the opportunity, as soon as I get the opportunity, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow, that nurse. How are you feeling, Shane? God. And <laughs> here we have Kane attacking Shane on his gurney. In full gear, by the way. Oh, with IVs in his arm, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> a bag of blood. Oh, oh he's geez. pouring the blood over him. Look. Here's some blood for you. That's what he said. Remember that. Let's go for a little ride. Oh my god, he just rams him head first into the doors that don't open. <laughs> <laughs> that always happens to him. Right? Yeah. So this looks a lot worse than what it is because he puts the bag of blood on him. Yeah, exactly. Clever. Clever. Hey, buddy. Is, are those referees? No. No, no, they're security guards. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jacob's got a good punch too. He does. The uppercut, like he's got a good uh, slap. Mm, those are not gimmick doors. What are your so, thoughts on Shane? Shane's a controversial character. What do What do you think about his? I think he served his purpose back in the day. You know, between the Attitude Era and like 2005, 2006, he definitely served his his purpose. I thought he was entertaining. You know, his stunts were really cool. You know, to, to 
totally different from anybody else that we've seen. And he said he's a millionaire, you know, son of the father didn't have to do anything, but he went out and did crazy shit. So that was kind of cool. Now I couldn't care less. He should just stay away from wrestling all altogether. Hmm. Tough but fair takes. He's in the control room. Yeah, he's looking all over for Shane. Oh yeah, I remember this moment. Yeah. So Shane goes yes. him in. Yeah, so Shane jumps inside a limousine and Kane is trying to get in there after him. Nice. Breakaway glass. Goldberg could only wish that he had something like that. Now Kane is getting inside the limousine to the roof that he smashed open. This is very Bugs Bunny-esque. It is very Bugs Bunny-esque as Shane escapes from the front seat. Piece of wood on there. Have a nice ride. He should have said, and then, wait a Oh, nice. I mean, again, like, it's, it's a cool little touch, I guess, but it's very reminiscent of what the NWO did to The Rock, really, like... Yeah. It is, but uh, yeah, as you said, we see here Shane. He had like a a brick or something on the gas pedal. He he let it go, and then the limousine smashes into an eighteen wheeler. Crowd loves it though, hey. Crowd loves it. Everybody thinks Kane is dead. Well, you know what though is that Shane missed an opportunity to say to Kane there, "Where's your seatbelt, bud?" You know, like what Kane said to him in the hospital. Yeah. Anyways very intense and now we're leading up to i guess what is the blow-off match right this is the end of the feud is coming up in survivor series which would be when uh, survivor series in 2003 so we're looking at november and so this has carried through the entire summer and into the fall towards the end of the year they're keeping it going but now that they have built up such massive destruction and hatred towards each other they've done things that would kill a normal person aaron they should not be alive on both counts how do you set up their final match what kind of crazy stunt or fire breathing thing or whatever do you do leading into their final match uh which is an ambulance match well obviously we have to go to a sit-down dinner at a nice fancy restaurant wearing fancy clothes and trade insults calmly, I guess. <laughs> Just yeah. it's actually quite the opposite from what we've seen this entire storyline up to this point. It's actually really funny. Yeah, but, yeah. I and you know what? And I kind of like it to be honest. Uh, I like I it think, too. Yeah, it's a good dynamic switch. There really isn't anything you could do more, and it's kind of like that scene in heat where de niro and pacino are sitting down these guys are rivals they've been trying to kill each other and they sit down and they have a quiet and calm conversation about what's going to happen because there's really nothing else that they could do to each other at this point no there's really not it's Kane. you know me better than that shane <laughs> i always keep my promises it's Kane! It's Kane! Oh my God! Oh, parody of yourself at this point. For the next six days, Kane is wearing a nice black shirt. What we're gonna do to one another this Sunday? 
He went to the hospital in his full gear. Why not go to the restaurant? Whichever one of us is going to get thrown in that ambulance, that person's not coming back. Can you have pushed me beyond my breaking point? I have no more compassion. I have no more remorse for you. I am void of human emotion. Look at me. And I will stop at nothing. How's your mother, Shane? You know, your calmness right now reminds me so much of Linda before I smashed her head into a steel girder. I can still remember the sound that her skull made. I can barely hear it over the screams, but, but I heard it. And since you're being so open here, Shane, I have a little confession to make. Do you want to know why I tried to electrocute you a while back? I wanted to make sure that you never had the pleasure of having a child. I wanted to incur that whenever you and that pretty little wife of yours wanted to start a family, you'd think of me. Just out of curiosity, Shane, did I succeed? You know, you say you have no human emotion, no remorse. I've been that way since I was born. Unlike you, Shane, I've never felt compassion. You know love, I don't. I am a monster whose only happiness is derived from making others suffer. And this Sunday, you will suffer. And Shane, you're going to find out that for all your guts and for all your bravado, you cannot stop pure evil. You're not evil. You're pathetic. Aw. You say you're a monster? You know what I say? I say you're a self-pitying son of a bitch. You're afraid. I know it. Deep down, you know it. I dare say. Even your brother knows it. The Undertaker. It's okay, whatever you have bottled up inside, whatever fear you have boiling up inside you, I promise you this. This Sunday at Survivor Series, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Very cool. I enjoy it. I enjoyed the little dynamic change there. We don't need to be shouting all the time. All right, so we go to the Barbaric Ambulance Mansion Survivor Series 2003. A pretty good pay-per-view, if I remember correctly. Is this the debut of Scott Steiner, or yes? Yes. It was the debut of Scott Steiner. Yeah. This, Or was that 2002? No, that was 2002. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. But the Survivor Series 2003 was definitely a really, really good pay-per-view. Other matches on this included Undertaker versus Vince McMahon in a Buried Alive match. Right. Was, uh, this, the, was this the Brock Lesnar the Brock Lesnar match against Team Angle? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was cool. I liked it. I remember that one. That was pretty good. And was this the... Steve Austin versus Eric Bischoff match. Yes, 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about this one. This is a, yeah, this is a good pay-per-view. Okay, so we get to the ending. Shane has to do his crazy shit, of course, and we start off with Shane on top of a turnbuckle, hanging on a table. Right. Right, we see here, and it said Shane off the top rope, driving an elbow through Kane on the announce table. Is this the very, this isn't the very first angle of this match, is it? Might be. Hmm. You see here, Kane is just taking Shane's hand and throwing him over and over again into the ambulance, and now he's got him picked up, and he drives him head first right into the side. Kane is knocked out. He's thrown into the ambulance again. Tombstone on the outside. Just like his mother. Just like his mother. Close Shane in the back of the ambulance. And closes the doors. And it's done. Dude is over. Kane wins. So what happens after this? Kane goes on to a program with the Undertaker. Right. Later on that evening, Vince McMahon beats The Undertaker in a buried alive match. Thanks with help Kane. from Kane. Yep, exactly. And that would be the very last appearance of the American badass version of The Undertaker. As Taker would reemerge a couple months later as the dead man once again. And they would go on to feud leading into WrestleMania 20. And what about Shane? Shane goes away for a while, I guess. Shane goes away again for another few years. He comes back in 2005, 2006 to join forces with his dad to go against Degeneration X. Wow. So it's, yeah. So, I mean, Shane's contribution on screen was pretty good. I, I, I do not know. I know sort of the broad strokes of him coming back for DX and not being good as this, obviously. No. And that's probably the peak of Shane. Although when he did Shane, come back, peak Shane, yeah, yeah, and but he did come back. He was fairly popular when he came back to have his match against the Undertaker at the WrestleMania. Shane, that's because um, he was away for like years and years at that point. Yes, yeah. Um, Shane's contribution behind the scenes, like I mean, Vince very solidly decided to get into camp Steph McMahon. But the world of professional wrestling and MMA would be a lot different if Vince had listened to Shane back in the early 2000s when Shane was telling him that he should buy the UFC. So because, yeah. because of that, I guess like at any time that you would see Shane gone for an extended period of time, he was doing his best to go out there and try and make it on his own. He tried to start a Netflix thing up in China that didn't really work. He just hasn't found any success. And so now he you know i don't know what he's doing now he gets his payday coming back from the royal rumble he got fired by his own dad the last time but not as disastrous as probably what uh, glenn jacobs ended up being uh, in his political career so at the end of the day both of these guys probably should have set each other on fire and we'd probably be better off 
<laughs> yeah, Glenn Jacobs ended up being the mayor of Knoxville, and his political views are asinine at best. So I was looking up online. Kane versus Shane McMahon is the very first ambulance match, but in the WWF, WWE. But there was a bunch in WCW in the 2000s. Oh, okay, okay. And then Kane has been in another one with John Cena. And then there was an ambulance match with Orton and Drew McIntyre, I think, is the last one. And so they've had some other ones here and there, but those are kind of like Ryback was in one. Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose had one on Raw. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the ambulance match personally. Um, no. But I thought this was a pretty good feud overall. That was a great feud. Absolutely. If you, again, compared to what else was going on on Raw at this time, it really was the only reason anybody should have been tuning in because you would, what Raw at this point was, was the, like I said, the reign of terror, Triple H would come out. He'd cut his 20 minute promo at the beginning of the episode. Uh, wouldn't really say much of anything. And then, you know, and then it was just he even uh, got rid of the intercontinental title at this point, too. They they just got rid of it for no reason. So they only had the world title and the tag team titles because yeah. they got rid of the European. They got rid of the hardcore. They got rid of everything. So it was just Triple H and tag teams and then whatever filler they could put in. And King versus Shane is one of that filler that just happened to be, as you said earlier, a diamond in a rough storyline that stood the test of time. But I like this era. I like going back on this. Uh, This was my first. I seem to always come back into wrestling when it's really at its worst. And this is when I came back for my second long reign. My own reign of terror was during this. And this is when we started watching wrestling like a group of us in your basement fairly regularly around this time. All right, Aaron. Well, that's it for this week. Another uh, another uh, jam-packed episode. Lots of ups and downs. Lots of things uh, happening in our world. Like I said, everybody can just go to bwpodcast.com and you can find us and subscribe to all of your favorite social media and podcast stuff. And uh, you know what? Even if you are just listening to this on, uh, I don't know, whatever the Apple one is, Go and subscribe to us on the Spotify one. Subscribe all over the place. And if you send us proof that you've subscribed on every conceivable podcast platform, I'm going to send you a BWF sticker. How about that? Free charge. Shipping included. A free sticker. Wow. BWF sticker. Well, of course. Yes. (laughs) I'm not giving you any of my other stickers. What a great deal. Okay. Thanks for overselling it there. <laughs> you got anything to give people for being loyal? Listen, if if you are a loyal BWF podcast listener and you subscribe to all of our platforms, I personally will send you a t-shirt. You will have to pay for the shipping. Oh. <laughs> I'll pay for the t-shirt. How about that? Okay, that's not a bad deal. Look at us giving away stuff now. My, how we've grown. We can bribe people with our own merch. Way to go. Thank you for big leaguing me, Bish. But nonetheless, I'm having the time of my life. Thank you again. Please. 
take this home. My friend, it's always a pleasure and an honor. I look forward to this every single week. And I'm already looking forward to next week. I can't wait. Until then, I hope everybody out in BWF Nation has a great week. Enjoy listening to our stuff. Go back and listen to every episode in the archive. Like, subscribe, do all the good things, and we'll see you again in seven days. Take it easy. Cheers.